Hello, I am Ashley Peterson, Editor-in-Chief of The Sabre, and you are listening to The Sabre Spot on 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. Today we're going to be talking about a pretty niche topic, uh, but which could actually apply to everyone, and it's eating and driving. But first off, I want to introduce my senior staff who are in the studio today. Hi, my name is Damaris Chavera, and I'm the Associate Senior Copy Editor of The Sabre. Hi, my name is Jessica DeMarco Jacobson, and I'm an associate senior copy editor for the Sabre as well. So, Damaris, it was actually your idea for us to be delving into eating and driving, and I know that whenever you pitched it at one of our meetings, it was kind of uh, universal because everybody was like, oh, I have definitely done that. And so, what kind of made you think about, you know, researching into this? Well... I thought of the answer on the way here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I was just thinking about it, and I know that Georgia recently cracked down on texting and driving, and they actually made a law about it. And since I know eating and driving is definitely um, a form of distracted driving because you take your attention off the road, I was wondering if Georgia had actually placed some sort of law on that as well. And then when I researched it, I came to find out that, no, there is no law in place. So if we here today admit to eating and driving, we will not be. (laughs) (laughs) No, you will not be in trouble. We promise. (laughs) Okay. Um, Could we perhaps go down the line and just kind of say whether or not we do and like under what circumstances we do? So I actually live pretty far away from campus. Like my hometown is about three hours away. And so whenever I'm making the trip there, I want to eat on the way and I don't want to have to stop and sit somewhere to eat so usually I'll get like you know a hash brown from McDonald's or something like that um, that you don't have to sit down and eat but even though it's something that's pocket size like that I definitely think it impacts my driving and my ability to focus so I'm really interested to see what you found about that like statistically well I personally don't really eat and drive congratulations (laughs) (laughs) um but that's because i know that i just have very poor hand-eye coordination and i don't want (laughs) to risk myself and others on the road um but i can't say that i never have i've definitely been guilty of going through the drive-thru and sneaking a fry before i got home (laughs) (laughs) i'm definitely i've definitely done that a time or two you know just can't wait but aside from that no I don't really eat and drive. Um, I don't eat and drive very often, but you know, every now and then, like Damaris said, I'll sneak a fry or a nugget. Um, if I ever do it, maybe a granola bar, but I really try not to. I'll usually eat before or after I'm going somewhere to prevent that. Um, I don't like driving distracted, so that's why I don't do it. So I can see I'm the worst offender here, and I'm comfortable with that. (laughs) (laughs) No shame here. No shame. (laughs) So, you know, as far as you tackling this uh, topic and writing about it for the Sabre, what was your first step? Well, it was definitely to gather some research. And then once I got some of the statistics for distracted driving and and such. Then I went around campus, um, mostly the library, to be honest, and I interviewed some students to find some stories and actually gather some student opinions on how they felt about eating and driving, if it was if it was safe, it was dangerous, why they did it, and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, on the research aspect of it, 
did you find that anybody had performed studies on the effects of eating and driving or how many people do? I did find some information from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. They actually performed a study and it showed that 80% of all car accidents and 65% of near misses are caused by distracted drivers that are more focused on eating than on the road. Wow. And so did you find any other kind of numbers about eating and driving? Yes. um, I saw that each day in the United States, approximately nine people are killed and more than 1,000 are injured in crashes that are reported to involve a distracted driver. Gosh. (laughs) I mean, that's um, fairly bleak. (laughs) I have a question to do with that. And that's, does drunk driving at all intersect with distracted driving or are those two totally different entities? Uh, Yeah, I think so, because um, during my research, I saw that there were three types of distracted driving. There was visual, manual, and cognitive. And visual is when you take your eyes off the road to complete or pay attention to some other thing that you're doing in the vehicle. Manual is when you take your hands off the wheel. And cognitive is anything that takes the driver's mind or focus away from driving. So I, I would say that drinking under the influence falls under a different category than distracted driving. Right. So that's just very interesting because I don't think most of us would have thought that just distracted driving on its own, such as like glancing down at like your phone or a burrito would, you know, have those kind of consequences. It is kind of wild to hear those numbers. Mm. And so what did students have to say about eating and driving whenever you did track them down and interview them? The overall consensus was that students knew it was dangerous, but they did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And hopefully you going through this process and doing research about it and finding out those numbers, that'll leave an a-, a lasting impression um, on a lot of us. I definitely hope so too, but... I also see the reasoning behind it as well, because a lot of students, me included, um, we just don't really have a lot of time to sit down and eat, I should say. And so the only time they may have a chance to get a quick bite is when they're alone behind the wheel. Because I mean, some people are driving to and from class or they're going home to work. And it's about like you said, you have a over three hour commute to get home like that. That's a long time to wait before you eat. Right. So some students also felt like they didn't even have a choice. They're like, well, I need to eat at some point. So I think one way to combat that is um, if you have some spare time on a day, maybe do some meal prepping for the week. That way, you know, maybe one day where you're working and going to school and all of that and you don't have time to prepare food, you'll already have that. So you're not risking your life. Oh, yeah. And definitely. I mean, if you feel like you have to eat right then, you could you could just pull over on the side of the road, park your car safely, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) pull out your little lunchbox or whatever meal plan that you had for the day. For sure. Um, And, you know, you talked about how students knew that it was dangerous, but we do it anyway. Are there safe foods to eat in the car or on the other side, foods that are more dangerous? Um, I could not say which foods are more safe, but a lot of students felt like there were safer foods. Um, Basically, the ones that you could just sort of pick at one at a time, like french fries or chicken nuggets, those were the most popular answers. Unbelievably, someone said a hamburger, which I thought was pretty daring, but... (laughs) I would also say, I said this last episode, I would say that's bad advice. (laughs) 
So yes, or granola bars was actually another option, like Jessica mentioned earlier. And um, so just things that are quick to eat that aren't a full meal. I should say, that don't require a utensil of some sort. Or both hands. Or both hands, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, what was the other part of your question? Are there foods that that are more overtly dangerous and threatening? So, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration ranked the 10 most dangerous types of food to eat while driving. And those foods are chocolate, soft drinks, jelly, and cream filled or powdered donuts, fried chicken barbecued food, hamburgers, chili, tacos, soup, and coffee. (laughs) I think all of those actually make sense. They're all foods that are prone to causing like a little accident. Messy or very something messy because if you drop something, then you get distracted and try to clean it off, but you should be driving. Mm -hmm. And like hamburgers, you have to unwrap or coffee, you spill, it burns yourself, and Mm -hmm. that'll definitely take your attention from the road. So after researching all of this, do you have any advice for students? I know we talked about, you know, meal prepping and pulling over to the side of the road. Um, How important do you feel it is to avoid eating and driving? Well, I think it's very important to avoid it as much as possible. I understand that Sometimes due to busy schedules, you feel like you don't have the chance to eat, but you also don't want to put yourself and others at risk just because you want to nibble a bit on your french fries before you get home. I think, um, well, it's hard to say stop eating (laughs) and driving like Damara said at the very beginning because people are going to do it anyway. So if you're going to do it, I'd say just try to be smart about it. Be aware of what are the most dangerous foods. It's okay to take a few minutes to pull to the side and eat. Leave a few minutes early or wake up early to eat beforehand or something like that. Just rearranging your schedule a little bit so you don't put yourself at risk later in the day. For sure. I think that's definitely solid advice um, because planning to be prepared can help in all ways. Or snack before you hop into the vehicle (laughs) or hop into the car. (laughs) And even if you don't have time to prepare foods, like I was saying earlier, maybe even getting some kind of instant stuff in the morning, like oatmeal is something I often eat in the morning. It takes like three minutes to warm up and you can eat it fairly quickly or just like a little something to keep you satiated during the car ride until you make it to your destination. I would imagine also eating some pretty protein-rich foods or foods that keep you full longer would probably help with this because, you know, then you are not having to eat as frequently and that kind of cuts down on the likelihood that you're going to be eating in your car from place to place. So if you'd like more information on Damaris's article and the research that she did into eating and driving, uh, feel free to find it on our website, csusaber.com, or in our September issue of The Saber. Next week, we will bring in reporters Paige Adams and Jasmine Dicker to discuss campus accessibility. Thank you so much for listening to The Saber Spot. The Saber Spot was produced by Doria Lacey with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communication Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. Thank you to Joe Miller, Saber faculty advisor. Thank you, Damaris, for joining us in the studio today to talk about her eating and driving article. You can listen to this show on 88.5 FM, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters WCUG.